Welcome to the Warriors of Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. Warriors of Grace is about helping men from generation to generation become gospel men in private, in the home, in the church, and in public through the Word of God. Now for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Well, welcome back to the Warriors of Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this show. And on today's episode, we're continuing our Prayer and the Sufficiency of Christ series. This is episode number 11 in this series, and it's titled Prayer, Temptation, and the High Priestly Ministry of Jesus. Today, we're going to look at Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, which says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. In Hebrews 2.11, the author has demonstrated that Jesus and his people belong to the same family. And so that means that Jesus has assumed our human nature. And now the author indicates in our text that I just read that the necessity of delivering his people from their enemies, death and Satan, meant that Jesus had to become man. He had to have a body of flesh and blood. He had to be fully human in order to set his people free whilst also being fully God. And delivering his followers from the curse of sin and the clutches of the devil demanded nothing short of taking the place of those whom God had given him, but who stood condemned because of their sin. And the author of Hebrews elaborates more on this in Hebrews 4.14 with the phrase, The Son of God. It's a reference to both the title of humanity, Jesus, and of deity, the Son of God. And so the writer in Hebrews 4.15 adds to his statement in Hebrews 2.18 that Jesus was sinless. Jesus was was able to be tempted as he was in Matthew 4.1-11, but not sin as Hebrews 7.26 tells us. And although Jesus was tempted in every respect, that is, in every area of life, he, unlike every other human being, remains sinless. And thus, he is truly the holy high priest. And that means, in our temptation as men, we can be comforted with the truth that nothing is foreign to our Lord. Our Lord Jesus, too, has felt the tug of sin, and he never, ever gave in to temptation. In fact, that is such an encouragement. It means, as we're going to see here, that he is able, as Hebrews 4.15 tells us, to sympathize with us in our weakness. That means not only does our Lord know, and I mean by the word know, I mean he is intimately acquainted with our temptations, our struggles, our fears, our doubts. He knows them because he himself experienced the full range of human emotion, and yet he never sinned. 
And that means that we can go to our Lord in prayer. And and not only is this really comforting, it also is really challenging. Because as men, we are tempted, we are prone to wander, as that great hymn says, and we feel it, we know it. As we live in these times, the time before Christ comes and fully establishes his kingdom, we are living in this time, in the, in the not yet time, before the return of Christ. We are, going, we are living in a time when Jesus said in this world, in John 16, 33, you will have trouble. You'll face trouble. You're going to face times when you're going to have to face your own failures, your own sins, your own struggles, your own temptations. And that could be financial, that could be marital, that could be professional. And the list could go on and on. But no matter what you're going through, the Lord knows you. He bought you, he paid for you at the cost of his own blood. This is good news. And it's not just the news that we need, as in it gives us the very entrance into heaven, as if that was all that the Lord was interested in. But the sinlessness of Jesus also provides the very reason, the very foundation the very fount, if you will, for the forgiveness of our sins and the very reason by which we can put our sin to death because of what Christ has accomplished for us in his death, burial, and resurrection. Romans 6.11 tells us as Christian men to consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to God. If you look at the many times in Romans 6 and and Romans 8, the very times that we're told to put to death the deeds of the flesh. This is what the Puritans called mortification. It's putting our sin to death. It's, as Owen talked about, killing our sin, or sin will be killing you. It's a convicting thought. But the help that we have and the help that we're discovering here in this text, it's, it's real because Christ is not dead and gone. The help that Christ offers to us is a sure promise and a guarantee. Because Christ is not dead and gone. He is not a mythical being of ancient history. He really bled and died and rose in real history for you and for me. And so the result of Christ's death is twofold. He conquered Satan and he set his people free from the fear of death. Satan was a murderer from the beginning. He desires man's death in the fullest sense of the word, physical and spiritual death. And since the death of Jesus on Calvary's cross, death has lost its power and it's lost its effect. And through death, the Christian does not enter hell, but heaven. And because of Jesus' human body was resurrected, the believer's body shall also come forth from the grave in the last day to be 
glorified. Jesus' humanity can be demonstrated as the author of Hebrews teaches in Hebrews 2.18 by the fact that he was tempted. Dr. George Guthrie notes that because of his suffering, Christ is able to help believers in their temptation. Christ was Christ personally experienced the power of sin when Satan confronted him, and when the weakness of his human nature became evident, Jesus experienced hunger when he was tempted by Satan in the wilderness, thirst when he asked the woman at Jacob's well for water, weariness when he slept while the storm raged on the Sea of Galilee, and sorrow when he wept at the grave of Lazarus. As high priest, through his sacrificial work, Jesus removed the curse of God that rested on man. And because of the forgiveness of sin, God's love flows freely to the redeemed, and Jesus stands ready to help. Those who are being tempted may experience the act of support and help of the Lord Jesus. They can expect nothing short of perfect understanding from Jesus, not to continue in sin, but to fight sin, to provide a way of escape from it, because he himself suffered when he was tempted. See, Jesus did not share with man the experience of sin. Instead, he became, because of his sinlessness, he fully experienced the intensity of temptation. Christ's ability to sympathize and to help us is a result of his likeness to us. He was tested in every respect, but he did not sin. The verb to test or tempt was used in Hebrews 2.18, where his testing was related to his suffering and to death. His own experience of suffering and trials during his earthly life equipped him so that he is able to support his people in their sufferings and in their temptations. Christ's likeness to us means that he was tested in every way and yet did not sin. And the qualifying phrase without sin in Hebrews 4.15 does not resist the reality or even the likeness of testing, but relates exclusively to its outcome. That is, without the result of sin. Jesus was faithful to the one who appointed him. He was tested to the very limit. His shame-filled death, but did not sin. And so Jesus is a faithful and a merciful high priest whose sympathy for his people in their weakness will prove to be a powerful help to those being tempted. And for those who are being tempted and facing various trials, the confidence of forgiven sins and God's anger turned aside by their merciful high priest, it's a profound help. And the emphasis in Hebrews 2.18 on Christ's personal experience of temptation, it teaches us that this, will, this help includes strength for the Christian to stand firm in the face of their own trials particularly those temptations to be disloyal to God and to give up their Christian profession. And later Hebrews draws attention to a further dimension of Jesus' powerful help, namely his ongoing intercessory role as high priest by which he will save his people completely. You see, because Christ himself suffered and his suffering was a source of his temptation, he is able to come to the powerful aid of his brothers, those of us men, since this is a manhood podcast. But he's also able to come to the aid of our sisters as well, who themselves are tempted and exposed to humiliation in a hostile world. And the fact that Christ intercedes and has gone through similar temptations as every believer and was sold them victoriously is a source of great assurance for the Christian. 
Jesus Christ is able and willing to help man oppose the power of sin and temptation. And as he said to the sinful woman in the house of Simon the Pharisee, your sins are forgiven. Go in peace in Luke 7, 48 and 50. So also Jesus shows mercy, peace, and love to his people as he is our sympathetic high priest. My, my dear men, this is so important for us to understand. We have a resource in the Lord, 24-7 access before the throne of grace. Notice with me what Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I want to take this and I want to, I want to apply it to our lives. Because if, I want to ask you a question as we start this though. How is your prayer life? Do you enjoy rich communion with the Lord in prayer? Or are you drawing more life more in your own more and more in your own power than in the power that comes from your communion your union and communion with Christ and the reason i ask this is because as i talk to men all over the country it seems that many men are drawing more comfort and more satisfaction from themselves than from the lord when the number one question that I ask men who are struggling, especially with pornography, is how are you doing in your time in the Word and your time in prayer? And the answer overwhelmingly is, well, there's crickets. There's crickets. There's, there's very little time or no time in prayer. And this should not be. The Lord invites us. He summons us. In Hebrews 4.16, to draw near to the throne of grace. It's a throne not of condemnation, but of grace. But many men treat this like a throne of condemnation. They think that they can hide from God. And that God doesn't see and God doesn't know. No, he sees and he knows. He knows what you're doing. When you think that he is not there, he is there. He sees what you do in the darkness. And that's, that's true whether you're using your smartphone, your laptop, your iPad, or, or tablet, or whatever it is to do whatever you're doing. The Lord knows. And not only does the Lord know, when, when we're talking about this, we're not just talking about He knows it intellectually. He is intimately acquainted with it. Because He is everywhere present at all times. And that means that He sees you as you do it. Whether you cheat on your taxes, you cheat on your spouse, you, you do something and you... You respond in anger as you drive, and on and on and on. It's convicting. Really, it is. And yet, the Lord in Hebrews 4.16 
in spite of our many failures, in spite of the fact that we would rather many times just walk in our own power and in our own way and do things our own way, our gracious Lord, our gracious High Priest invites us, summons us to the throne of grace. That we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And so one of the reasons that I ask the question I do, how are you doing in your time and in prayer and in the word is the only help that we can have to face temptation, to, to face it well and to grow through it. This text tells us the answer to that. If we want to find mercy, if we want to find help and grace in time of need, we must draw near to the throne of grace. Because we have one in the Lord, as we've considered, he was tempted in every respect and did not sin. This is so important. If you want to grow in Christ and not just shrink back. And what we need today is men who will not shrink back. They will not wither and they will not wilt. They will not give in to temptation. But they will stand. They will stand. And they will grow in holiness. They will kill their sin. Put it to death. Because of Christ. This passage provides the help that we need. And it's ongoing help that we need to draw near to God, to enjoy our communion with Christ. So what does that look like? I think what it looks like is start with five minutes in the Bible, reading the Word. Whether you start in Genesis whether you start in John or you start in the Psalms, start reading the Bible daily. Then, spend some time, another five minutes, praying, talking to the Lord about your day, about your family, about your hurts and your pains and your struggles. And do that again and again and again. The key here is again and again and again. The key here, and what I'm saying is, is consistently draw to near to the Lord. It's interesting in 1 Peter 5, 6, before, he, before Peter tells us to cast our cares on the Lord in Hebrew, in 1 Peter 5, 6, he says to humble yourself under God's mighty hand. You want to find help from the Lord, humble yourself before the Lord and cast your cares on the Lord. You see, the Lord knows. He knows what is going on in your heart. He knows what is going on in your mind. 
He, he knows the thoughts that you have before you think them. He knows the very hairs on your head. He knows the lengths of your days. He knows every heartbeat that you have. And this same Lord that knows those things and so much more. He invites you to come near to the throne of grace. That we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You might be think that in the midst of your own temptation and whatever that looks like, whether that's with pornography or something else, you may think that there's no way that you can get help when you need it. Or even find a way of escape, even though the Bible tells you the Lord will provide a way of escape. And what this text in Hebrews 4.16 tells you, tells us, is you must draw near to the throne of grace. And what that means is if you are in Christ, if you're a Christian, Paul says in Romans 8.1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And this is why, if you're in Christ, you can draw near to the throne of grace. Because when Jesus said in John 19, 30, it is finished, he meant it. The veil was torn from the, bo- from the top to the bottom. That veil that separated us from God. That veil is now open. And that's what Hebrews 4.16 is saying. And that's why we can go and draw near to the throne of grace. That's why we can receive mercy. We can find grace to find help in time of need. Uh, This is so encouraging. And this will, if you really grab hold of this, I'm telling you, your prayer life will radically change rather than just seeing it as another thing by which you're going to check it off, men. You're going to check off your prayer life. You're going to check off your Bible reading every day. If you will get what this passage is saying to you, it will change the way in which you pray. It will change the way in which you read the Bible. It will change the way in which you do family worship, rather than just checking it off. Our... Lord invites you, summons you to come before the throne of grace. Enjoy that grace that is yours if you are in Christ. If you are in union with him, enjoy your communion with him daily and often and consistently. And watch as God grows you in his grace through the means of grace, by the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God, and through prayer. And He helps you to to grow and to be useful, uh, grow and be a useful servant of His Word in the life of others. Well, I want to thank you for listening or watching this episode of the Warriors of Grace podcast. Until next week, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Warriors of Grace podcast. If you enjoyed the show today, please subscribe, leave a rating on the app, 
and share our episode with your friends and family. If you want to, you can follow us on Instagram at Servants of Grace, on Twitter at Servants of Grace, or search Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find our show on the front page of the website, servantsofgrace.org.